Welcome back to Stumps. Nims is Oren Bryce McGain with you on your Saturday. It's uh, it's been a good a good feeling around the uh, the cricket world at the moment. Both the girls and the guys having a win, but uh, it's a quiet one for the Sheffield Shield because it got a bit of a break, Bryce. There is a bit of a break, but uh, one team's really shot out the top, haven't they? Hundred percent there, and that is of course uh, the former Bush Rangers, but the Victorian men's cricket team at the moment are just flying high. And uh, on the topic of the Sheffield Shield, he's a man that you would have shared many a dressing room and a Shield win with as well. You the bet. coach of the Victorian men's cricket team joins us. Please welcome to Stumps, Andrew McDonald. Ronnie, welcome to Stumps. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Now, first off, mate, after three rounds, uh, the Vic sit on top of the points table, 20.15. You must have been cursing the skies on uh, Tuesday when day four was washed out. Uh, it was look. It was another good game of cricket um, from our guys in particular. Um, controlled the game and from the start, um, and unfortunately, um, weren't able to have that reward on on day four um, with the rain and, and weather intervening, which was you know it was unprecedented rain. And, and the ground staff did an incredible job for those that were there to, to even get the game looking like it was going to go on at about four o'clock. And unfortunately, the heavens opened up again there. But you know, another great game on the back of um, the first couple of rounds. What's been the secret to the success of the uh, Victorian team in the, well, certainly the first two rounds where you came out with innings victories, but again, mm. right on top of the, the South Australian game, what's been the secret? Well, I think contributions from, from everyone, and that, that's been the, the critical thing. We had Will Pekoski in Perth, obviously, with the 243. We had the bowlers, Chris Tremaine and, and Scotty Bond at their best for the first three games. Um, you know, Marcus Harris, Peter Hanscom. So we've had contributions across the board, and, and that's how you generally get results in, in four-day games is, is, is a uh, contribution right from the top down. So that's been the big thing. Uh, we challenged ourselves in the off-season um, in regards to last year where we probably weren't consistent throughout games. We sort of floated in and out and were a bit patchy, um, and we didn't have the ability to put opposition away. We were in some really strong positions, uh, but just couldn't quite shut the door. And, and to the guys' credit this year in the first three rounds, they've been able to do that and, and you know, set up of great wins in the first two games and, and look, you know, a likely probable win in the third one, but more importantly, just the style we played again was, was um, top draw. So, Ronnie, to coach that, to, to it's, it's one thing to talk about it, but then to coach it and get the action you're getting out of the players, how do you go about that? Oh, it comes right through, you know, from everyone in pre-season. You know, been able to identify it, um, reflect honestly around, you know, the the areas to improve and, and then embarking on it. And it's not just done week to week or day to day. It takes a, a long time to yep. you know, build that. And to the guys' credit, that started way back in sort of June when we had those first discussions. And you know, with the coaching team, I got around with the contributions that they're making as well and, and just being accountable to it in our training day to day and, and hoping that that forms uh, some good habits come game time. And it's, it's not an exact science, as you know. And, you know, the game's littered with human error. And at, at the moment, we're probably going to able to minimise our errors and, and the opposition Does it help to have experienced players as well? Um, Victoria, I guess, have bucked the trend in some respects right around the country of, of having more experienced players in there. They've had to earn their stripes a little bit. Do you think that holds you in good stead, not only for victory, but also in keeping the standard of Sheffield Shield at the highest level? I think what you do in, in Shield Creek in particular is you just try to pick the, you know, the best team to, to win that game at that point in time. And that can include a, a blend of younger players that you want to grow around senior players as well. So you're always forecasting your mind forward to what your team may look like in the future also. But at that point in time, you, you're trying to pick a team that can win a game for Victoria. And I think that's probably been our, our mantra at the selection table um, 
just come in, you know, on buying get a club cricket as well. So there's still opportunity there for, for everyone. We've got a very big home series coming up for the national team up against India, and uh, it's pretty much one of the big marquee series when you compare it with the Ashes. But uh, as you just mentioned, you're there to also win a shield, um, you know, another shield for Victoria. Do you, do you keep that balance, especially when you've got guys like Marcus Harris in great form in the talk for a baggy green selection? Do you try to sort of balance his expectations and at the same time do what's best for the state team as well as the national team? I know it sounds really simple, but if he's, if he's performing for Victoria and, and putting runs on the board, contributing to wins for us, then I think national selection takes care of itself to some degree. So um, it really is about performing that level below um, with big performances, and, and Marcus Harris has done that um, this season so far. Um, so that puts him up in lights in terms of that national selection. And, and the other thing to remember also is that, you know, depending on what the national selection the selectors do, it's usually someone out of form or, or injured at the time where the opportunity will will come for Marcus Harrison. Sometimes that doesn't present also. So you've got to be patient at certain times when you are in form and, and then you just hope that that opportunity will come at some stage. And look, he's done himself no harm um, in the first few rounds, along with Chris Tremaine and, and even Scott Bowling, I think has returned to, to his best as well. And if you're looking for some bowling depth, I think he was 13th man for a Perth test a, a few years ago. So um, he shouldn't be forgotten in conversations either. Well, you've touched on uh, probably the strength of Victoria just at the moment as Chris Tremaine, Scott Boland, but then the two guys you brought back in for this third Shield game, Peter Siddle, mind you, and then James Pattinson batting at seven. He batted beautifully, um, showed a lot there, but it was great, particularly his second innings. He really got some rhythm going and, and cleaned up with three wickets. That's a serious bowling attack for Sheffield Shield level. Yeah, it is. Um, it was great um, to see James back out there after you know, 15 months um, absence with a, you know, a serious back operation. There's no guarantees that you'll ever return um, you know, to first-class cricket, let alone club cricket. And you know, The team he's had around him to, to be able to do that in the off-season has been incredible. So um, it was just a great reward for everyone to see him back out there and performing. And uh, I think everyone was a little bit nervous going into the game, including himself. And you know, we got through, and that's the first thing. Um, and, and secondly, now we can sort of build it up and ramp up. But, uh, we did change the balance of our side, which was unfortunate for Amon Vines. So James Pattinson played for uh, as, as an all-rounder, um, which was good as well. And we all know that he can bat as well. So that, that's the luxury we had there. We didn't have him um, in a full capacity, so to speak, where you know, you'd expect him to bowl sort of 35, 40 overs. There was some limitations there. But um, his ability to bat and the work he's done on his batting whilst he's been injured um, allowed us to do that, which I think strengthened our team. And as you said, Peter Siddle coming back, we're never going to say no. J-Pat's uh, injury um, history, obviously, is well documented. How hard is it not to want to keep him in cotton wool and try and just you know, put him straight back out there? Because it, it was the last roll of the dice for him, um, getting that, uh, that surgery on his back to come back in. But, and, but looking at the statistics from the last Shield game, I mean, he's clearly doing quite well for himself. But as a coach, do you have to sort of worry for yourself, hang on, don't bowl yourself out here, mate. You've got an Ashes series that's coming up next year that you want to try and stay fit forward, you just sort of let him go and whatever happens, happens. Well, I think he's he's a pretty competitive person and, and when he's fit and available, he wants to be out there giving it his best. And up to his credit this game, he wasn't at full tilt. Um, we, sort of, we had to sort of keep him around that, I suppose, if you want to put a percentage on him, about 80%, um, just find some good rhythm. And he was able to do that throughout the game. And, um, you know, we're mindful that, you know, this, as you said there, this probably is the last roll of dice. And if we don't quite get this right, then, you know, may not look good for the future, but, but so far, so good. Um, look, we don't sort of talk about Australian selection for Ashes or anything like that going forward. It really purely is a matter of game by game for, for James, and if he pulls up well, then you know, we've got the opportunity to play in the next one, and, 
you mentioned the next game is against Tasmania uh, down there in Hobart. Uh, they've got uh, Alex Dorn, who's been in pretty good nick, and uh, a gritty Matthew Way to be uh, pretty aggressive back against uh, his old state or uh, uh, where he's played so so much successful cricket as well. Um, after that, so you, you'll play that game. That, that's fine. So two-part question, how, how's everything lining up for that? But the second part of that is there's some selection headaches coming up. A few Australian batsmen coming back. Uh, maybe for that fourth Sheffield Shield game back at the MCG, it's going to be a star-studded Victorian lineup. Yeah, preparations um, are a bit odd um, for this Shield game because we've got about 10 or 11 days off, which is really, really rare. So um, a couple of guys have um, gone back to club cricket um, and a few of the other guys have, have been able to have the, the weekend off and, and recharge. Um, so we'll, we'll be back in training next week, um, you know, checking all the bodies and, and making sure that everyone's right to go for that Tasmanian game. But as you said, forecasting forward to the Gabba, um, we've got some real... Uh, good headaches yeah. on our mind um, with um, you know, Glenn Maxwell and, and also um, the Australian one-day skipper and Aaron Finch um, looking to return uh, for that game. And, and those guys will be um, you know, straight back into that side. So we will probably um, have to drop some guys that have been contributing really, really well, uh, which is you know, part and parcel of having guys come back down. And I think everyone's understanding of that. And um, you know, that those guys will be hungry to perform for Victoria as well. 100% there. Just moving a little bit ahead towards the future, turning to the big bash league, which is in its eighth season, it gets bigger and bigger. Uh, the Melbourne Renegades were in the news earlier in the week because uh, you've got two new signees to the playing roster, and it might not be the superstar marquee name of a Dwayne Bravo or someone like that, but uh, two international bowlers, Usman Khan, uh, Shinwari, and Harry Gurney. Um, they're not really household names. What can you tell us about those two? Yeah, oh, we think they're quality signings and Usman um, Shinwari is new to international cricket. Um, probably played, I think, about 10 or a dozen games for Pakistan and as we know, they've got a really strong white ball um, lineup and formulates part of that. So we think he's a quality performer. Left arm quick, bowls majority of the death. Um, he plays our innings and that's specifically what we got him for. Um, he's only available for half the tournament. Um, so then we forecast our mind forward to what that looks like for us and you know the, the match for that was Harry Gurney. Um, played about 10 games for England, left arm, death bowler as well. So we've specifically gone for that left arm variety uh, to complement the rest of our attack. And, and we feel that will um, give us some good options come game time. As you said, not household names, but we think really good role players and, and will fit the way we want to go about things. And, um, you know, obviously we wish Dwayne Barber all the best in, in his new venture and he was fantastic for us. But um, these guys we think are going to be great role players for us. Sounds like a real money ball solution. Uh, they're capable players, there's no doubt about it. The Renegade finished third last year. Is this the difference for you to then take the next step and, and win the tournament? You're really close. Oh, yeah, you can. I mean, it's not exactly the year, and um, your squad changes, and you know, with international selections, things can change as well. And of course. You know, we're probably staring down, down the barrel of Aaron Finch not being available for, for most of the time, if not any of the time. Um, so, look, your squad can change depending on international selections. That's why you've got to make sure that your list covers most bases. And, and that's probably what we've done in the last couple of years. We've been able to add to our depth and um, invest into probably the lower half of our list um, to make sure we've got some really good options. Um, so then when we do get exposed with guys going to Australia, we've got good cover. And we feel as though we've got some really good depth now. Um, unfortunately, we lost, lost Matthew Short um, across the border. But, um, you know, we, we feel as though we've been able to cover that um, with a few other players as well. What's one of the, um, with the Renegades too, what's one of the, the I wouldn't say, we'll call it maybe a downside because uh, obviously the Stars get to play at the MCG. It is the home of cricket just 
in Australia. But the Eddie Adek, I mean, it's a drop-in pitch too. Um, under the roof, it's fantastic. But at the same time, it's also very foreign conditions. Uh, do you sort of see that as an advantage for the Gades or a disadvantage? Um, oh, I'm not, not really sure. Our win-loss record would say it's a disadvantage. But um, we, we enjoy playing there. And I think from a spectator's point of view, it's one of the best grounds to watch at. Um, so now I go and watch AFL games there. I haven't watched a preview game there, obviously, because I'm down on the boundary line. But mm-hmm. from a crowd perspective, you know, a lot of the in-game entertainment, that's a real spectacle for them. So um, some of the games there have been you know, high scoring. Um, it can be entertaining cricket there um, if the wicket's right. Um, I mean, there are some difficulties early early season with the wicket, um, how late it does get dropped in um, because it's a multi-purpose venue. So I think as you see the tournament progress, the wickets improve at, at Etihad, and, and that's purely just because of the circumstances sometimes that the ground staff get with a you know, five-day turnaround from laying the pitch to, to trying to get it up for the first game. And it, it may not be ideal for the, you know, the first couple of games, but as the tournament progresses, it definitely improves. And look, we like playing there. You know, the change rooms are big. We get good crowd numbers in there. It's accessible for the fans. So, look, yeah, we wouldn't have it any other way. And we've got the opportunity to play a couple of games down in Geelong as well, which worked last year. So um, we've got some games down there this year, which I think will be um, put into the draw at some stage. Yeah, I think uh, you just need to make sure there's no Ed Sheeran concerts or anything uh, at the stadium beforehand. I think you, you should be right. <laughs> That's it. Well, Roddy, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you this Saturday on Stumps, mate. All the best against Tassie next week. Uh, enjoy a bit of the time off because, let's face it, um, come the BBL, it's going to be few and far between. You can have a yarn to us. But uh, we appreciate your time this uh, this Saturday. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.